You tried to hire the shot girl I as tr- our salesperson. <laughs> she t- Which might not have been a bad one. It would have worked. <laughs> I'm still convinced. <laughs> Whiskey warm to waking in Have some fun while you're here Do you listen, do you hear When it's coming in loud and clear Today we are at the lovely, uh, what are these all? The CSC station. CSC. It's right next to the train station in Wilmington, Delaware. Beautiful space. Um, Scott Maffetano and the whole CSC team that like operates this building are just incredible um, people that want to see small companies or large companies grow and uh, go to the next step. And so it's beautiful right on the water front in Wilmington. I'm telling you, I think Wilmington is, is the next place for all these kind of things. So it's good. Okay. Let's get this started. Uh, my name is Lee Michaels. I'm Patrick Callahan. And we are doing the podcast called battle. Patrick and I just to bring everybody up to speed are uh, longtime friends and but we're actually entrepreneurs, I would say, before we were friends and then became friends while being entrepreneurs or something somewhere along this line. And line. we're still talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we started a company called the Archer Group in 2003 uh, in our basement, and, uh, or my basement. Your and basement, yeah. um, we are not living together. Uh, <laughs> and then um, when we sold it in 2014, we had uh, over 70 employees uh, doing work with clients such as Wawa and uh, big banks in the area, Chase and others. Yeah, that was fun. I keep thinking that the reason why you owned 51% of the company is because it was your basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. It was my desk or my ping pong table That's or right. poker yeah, table. Yeah, just put you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we, we, we are doing this podcast uh, just to try to share the stories of, of what we went through, if only to sort of demystify it to others, um, to sort of for us to relive uh, and to sort of share what we've learned through that and through subsequent things. And it's ugly. And I think that's what excites me most about this podcast. It's not just like the, here are the things you have to do. It's, it's the bad stuff that happened to show that this isn't a straight line. Yeah, um, we weren't, we didn't get everything right. And we learned a lot from what we didn't get right. Um, that helped make us stronger. But I would say, uh, looking back on it, it was definitely a success on pretty much every level. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, and there's pieces that um, you were so good at doing quotes and and they would stick with me. And sometimes you'd even talk to other uh, company owners and they give you a quote or something. <laughs> anyway, so um, this thing, these things come back and they're like, oh, that's what they meant by this. And so um, when we were coming up with today's topic, um, the one that you, you said and you said you got it off somewhere else, but it. I'll take credit for it. All right. <laughs> but it always stuck with me, and even more so now recently um, uh, with everything we both have going on in our current businesses. But um, you either are, are are growing or you're slowly dying. Or yeah. what was it? You're either growing or going bankrupt or, yeah, or slow, something along those lines. Slow bankruptcy. Yeah. And, it, and I thought that would be a really good title for this podcast of what we're doing. I, I think it's great. Um, and, uh, and the way we approach growth is something I think everybody faces because... Um, if you're one person doing this, doing a cons- individual, cons- you are, you know, the business goes to bed with you and you, you, you can't go on vacation. And so you want to try to grow so that you aren't the sole breadwinner for that business. Yeah. And, and I'll throw in two more, um, quotes that I heard recently or that, that I was actually giving recently that I've heard before, um, on someone else's shoulders, um, but the only thing constant is change, right? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that ever stands for it. And a business isn't an annuity. Like, and I remember uh, a couple, there was another 
group we worked with during the Archer days, um, there was only th three of them or one of them or whatever. And they had one client and they're like, you know, we're just, we're just going to do this. We're not going to add any employees. And they'd had a great business and they probably are still doing it today. But there's any day that something could come in where they could rip the, the carpet underneath you or, um, or something could happen, a pandemic could happen, who would know? But <laughs> you're either, um, this isn't, a, when we say it's not an annuity, it's not something that just keeps paying out and you're gonna grow 20% every year. Um, that flywheel I always looked for, but it didn't, like you had to do something and something that was always hitting you. So it's, um, I love that statement, you're either growing or slowly dying. And uh, it just that's what would wake me up in the morning. We're gonna have to do something different every day that we're doing things. And I think if you look at, uh, the timeline that we were in 2003 to, you know, 2014 or whatever, um, that 10, 11 year period, there was a big change in the marketplace. We were in digital advertising and, you know, when we opened up, there were no iPhones and, um, you know, towards the end we were doing apps and we were, we had to make sure our websites worked on iPhones. Yeah. And it was flash. We started with oh, flash geez, with flash. Yeah. yeah. And that's famously no more. Um, but then also, the services that we started out offering quickly became commodities, you know, five, six years later. Yeah. And so a month later. <laughs> yeah. So how do you offer something? You can't expect to be good at something and it be really profitable and not have competition. Yeah. You know? And, and so I think that growth allows you to expand into other things to say, to stay current with the times, but also to stay competitive and to be able to drive profits. Yeah. And you can't sleep. You're always trying to look how to be better, how to be better. And I'm, I remember, and I say in a month because when we started the company, we were saying, all right, we're going to sell a website for $10,000. And I remember we went up to our client at Pfizer and I was going into the subway and some guy with a really nice briefcase was walking along in the subway. You know how they come around to you okay. and he had a business card. He said, I'll build your website for 50 bucks. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? This is what we have to deal with. And like, all right, we're, we're going to have to do something crazy and just, and then constantly change and evolve or grow or whatever. Cause otherwise we're never going to make it. <laughs> we're not going to pay you on 50 bucks. And I, and I also think that, um, if you're interested in being an entrepreneur, you're, um, naturally curious, you're naturally competitive, you're naturally interested and growth is a way for you to stay interested. So if we were just plugging away, doing websites the same way, even you know, trying to stay up with the times or whatever, I think you and I would have gotten bored with it. Yeah. And ultimately, maybe that's why, you know, um, why we both left Archer was we kind of got it to a point where it was getting boring. Yeah. Um, but but the that growth, I think, um, when you proposed that, I thought that was a great topic for tonight and uh, and to talk about you know how we approached it and what what good and bad things came from it. And there's also the just to add on to this and we, we can dive into it, but there's also the point of like, um, growing in the right direction, but saying no to options for growth, which is even sometimes harder. And just to give you a couple specific examples, I remember you, and you were really good at this in the very, very beginning is like, we, we were hiring designers and we said, Oh, well, there's a designer who can design a website. They know the interactions and all that kind of stuff that lean forward interactions that you right, talked about. Right. And then there's ones who know the back, back in and people were approaching us even in the early days to say can you do a billboard and a lot of times it was really hard to say no because because yes, we got to roll come and do yeah exactly and um but but we would have been bad at it and i remember even we did we tried a super bowl commercial todd had built one like because we said yes to it and right and I, even he would probably say today like <laughs> oh, i 
hated doing that or whatever, because it wasn't in our bailiwick or wasn't in our core. We could have said grow and then expand into that and do those kind of things. But we knew at our heart, like that was actually not going to work. And, and I think one of the things we found out was that we get defined by what we do the worst, not by what we do the best. Yeah. There's and a quote. It, <laughs> Write it down. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so by doing that crappy or by doing our best effort at an ad that was not on par with what else was going to be there, um, you know, that looked badly on us. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's something that, um, and that's part of growth too, because you're going to screw up the first time. So how do you, how do you manage that appropriately? How do you, you know, how do you approach that? And, and, uh, remember too, that, that the revenue gains are a, um, a measure of growth, but it's not the cause of it. So you have to like, and so, you know, we started talking right before this, that, um, I saw growth in three different ways, like growing people, growing geographically, or growing products. And you and I were faced with this all the time. And you had a few as well like, that almost fall into the same one. So maybe, maybe we start out with just a f- one of them and just talk about that. Yeah, why don't we start with um, the, the people growth, I thought, is probably the most natural. And um, I think we might have mentioned it in the first podcast, but I distinctly remember us sitting up at a whiteboard and you're drawing it out, the, the uh, work chart. Are, those were the best days, <laughs> the whiteboard. But, you know, it was just, it was like us and four or five people, but we're like, if we want to be full service in digital marketing, we have to offer this. And, you know, it was Flash Designer and it was this and that. And then you sort of back into, well, if we want to offer all that, we have to afford all that. And then we have to charge for all that. And so we need to have this much annual revenues. Yeah. We either have to sell a shit ton of $10,000 websites or we need to figure out how to sell $50,000 websites. Yeah. And then you would say, sit down, son. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Because like, on the other side of it, if we don't have those, we're not going to get the revenue. So it wasn't right. like I was trying to draw the picture of like, well, our financials look like this, this, and this. And you're like, yeah, but if we're not doing these kind of things, forget the financials. We'll be out of business. But you have to know the financials. Yeah, and and I, think, yeah. I think the people growth... Um, you know, we, we talked about in, um, two episodes ago on adding that first hire. Um, but I think that people growth is something that is key and adding those different skills, um, skills that you might be good at, but also skills that complement your skills that make you a stronger entity that allow you to go into new markets, allow you to go into new offerings. So you're not just say a copywriter, you're a copywriter now that's also doing design because that person's also a part of your, your avenue. And, yeah. and so I think that's a, uh, that's it's definitely an important step. And I think going back to that, you know, hiring that first employee probably answered a lot of the questions with that, but that's, that's how a lot of people grow initially. Yeah. And we start with a vision first, like here's, we're going to grow towards, and it may be completely wrong. And six months later, you might look back and laugh at it, but at least you had something to run after. And then we're going to say, how are we going to fill this? How are we going to make this happen? Yeah. I always felt more comfortable when we, um, when we had that sort of vision to say, we want to add a UX person. And this is why, and this will allow us to do these kind of projects. And so if we want to create better user experiences, if we want to speak at that level, we need somebody that does that. And that sort of gave us all something to look for. Um, and it also gave us something to tell other people what we were looking for. Right. So. One thing I, I'd be curious of your views on this now. Um, and a lot of companies do this and some of them do it successfully yet. I have not in the business that I've been in even come close to it, but we always, thought like, oh, if we just hire a salesperson, 
all our dreams come true because right. they just go out and sell. We make money and we just build the team. It becomes easy, <laughs> but we were never successful. I haven't been successful at it yet, but yeah, I see some businesses, Mac, like who have hired salespeople that have been able to do something very, very similar to that. Um, but it never worked for us. So sales to me, like hiring a salesperson to offload that growth just didn't work. Yeah. And that we always felt like that was, like you said, that that's when we could take a breath. That's when we could relax. You know, that's when we could have somebody else sell for us. Um, Never worked. No, it, it, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it worked in, it, it worked in certain ways, but you know, it's, I think, um, I think as an owner, you never stop being the owner. You never stop being the face of the company. You never stop being the vision area of the company. Um, and I think that, um, adding that person, adding that, you know, adding sales, um, it, it, you're asking them to represent everything that you've been representing. And I, and, and I do think that's tough. And we, we were not never able to crack that one. Yeah. <clears throat> the one person we did hire for sales ended up taking over the company. He was incredibly good. Yeah. Um, but I think I got something out of him that wasn't sales. It was like, uh, he had come from a bigger company and he knew that he could sell a website that we were selling for $10,000, he could sell for 50 because he was used to those conversations. So you might be surprised at what you do get from that, but we didn't get sales you know, at that beginning. Yeah, and that's a really good point that now that you mention it, um, that awareness of what you could be doing, what you should, like that perspective of this $10,000 website should be a $50,000 website if you package it differently or you put it in front of the right person. At the end of the day, it's largely a similar product. Maybe it's packaged differently, it's presented differently. There's more hand-holding, whatever. But um, I do think he was good in telling us that and helping us move up the chain. Yeah. And and so when you hire, getting those outside perspectives, I think is very helpful. And listening to them to help you grow, I think, is important as well. Because you would hope that they have seen that as well. Because one of the reasons like we liked him was that he, you know, he was basically two years ahead of us in, in some of his experiences. And so we'd love to learn from the mistakes he made kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I actually liked him because his salary was more than ours and which <laughs> mean by default, we had to raise our salaries. God, it's always so tough. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're like, holy cow, if he's making that much, we need to make the same amount or maybe a dollar more. And then we figured it out. Um, but something you just said too about having the culture um, or uh, the sales, like you, you, the leader going out and selling and stuff like that, because um, that's where you started from, and I obviously worked to get to that next point for the growth transitions a little bit into the ge geographic yeah. growth area. To me, the the biggest thing I learned from all the uh, and we have some great stories about how we looked at different ones, but living in the environment where you are like in that service sector that we were in if if you didn't live in that community it was really really difficult to crack yeah um and i remember whenever we tried to go up into like we're in wilmington delaware now for those who don't know where we're at um and it's about 30 minutes south of philadelphia but um it was a, philadelphia viewed us as you know as a backwater and, yeah and you know they they didn't know who we were and and um, we'd go up to those meetings and, and try to get business up there and, and, you know, it was difficult. Yeah. Until they started saying like, how did you guys do that? And they, they go, oh, we'd like to go into this like client here in Delaware and like, yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta live here. And that's how we, we, we got our clients by running with them or going to, um, uh, the digital Delaware or whatever right. it is. Right. And you wouldn't have had those moments of run-ins had you not done that. Yeah. And, and 
I don't know. I just don't know how unique that is to our area. I know when we looked at Baltimore, the feedback they got was the same sort of feedback that it has to be local. Um, but we always felt like that companies got gold stars for hiring somebody from San Francisco or New York. Yeah. You know, and, and if they hire somebody from their own hometown, it's like, are they settling? Yeah. And we constantly had to prove to them that they're not settling, that they're getting the same value or better, but, um, but that we are, uh, but that we are local. So it's not a plane flight to connect with them. Right. And that's where we, we had started because we had heard about um, one company that uh, said, well, well, we'll expand into areas where there's South by South, wait, Southwest airline flies in that we could right? get in and out in a day. Yeah. Was our, was our rule. And I had, um, in my previous life lived in um, New Orleans, Louisiana. And that was, uh, if you remember the story. So again, we're talking about growing geographically and, um, you and I, I don't know how we did this uh, through one of the local contacts here. He said, yeah, I can get you money to help study oh, right. an economic development study to see, can you go to an office in New Orleans? Right. So you and I both fly down there and we went out on Bourbon Street. And if you remember what I tried to do to grow the company. <laughs> you tried to hire the shot girl as a salesperson. <laughs> She just, Which might not have been a bad one. It would have worked. I'm still convinced. <laughs> she made me pay for your shots. So. And I had quite a few of those. You did. You did. <laughs> and then she, tried to hire. She said you did. <laughs> we would have been billionaires by now. But our model then, just to tell everybody, like we felt like we were really good locally. And could we replicate that local model in other markets? Yeah. So could we replicate it in our, our two initial thoughts were New Orleans and Baltimore. And uh, could we expand... Um, into those markets and not service them necessarily from remote. Maybe initially we would, but can we set up the same office in those markets? And that's another way to grow is to basically copy yourself, duplicate yourself in another market. And I thought there was a lot of merit in that. I still think there is, you know, because it, it adheres to that local nature. Um, Maybe with the pandemic and with technology today, it's easier to deal with somebody remote, but going and grabbing a lunch with somebody, going to a meeting with somebody. Um, you know, it's the bump in at the coffee shop that makes the difference that establishes the credibility. Yeah. Um, that, but, but I f- kind of feel like we failed at that like in, in, in growing geographically. Yeah, we did. We did. Cause we made an honest attempt at Baltimore. We made an honest yeah. attempt at New Orleans. I thought DC, the guy who slapped you on the back on the way out the door. Do you remember him? No, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I, Philly, we, yeah. you know, we made some efforts into Philly and these are big cities that were like, all right, if we can do it here, why would you like do business in Alaska where there's nobody there and uh, kind of stuff. And then there, but they trusted us cause we live local. Yeah. Like, we were here, yeah. but we just couldn't make it happen. Um, but I admire the people who can really kick it off. But I do think they go in, they find someone who knows the area and it helps them grow there. And I also think it takes a heavy investment that we were not positioned to make. Yeah. Because um, if you're going to make that effort, you need to open an office. You need to make a legitimate effort into that office. You need to hire people ahead of revenue. Double the costs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we weren't really like just at that point in our growth cycle. Yeah. Um, and then one of the issues that comes up with growth is... Um, you're dealing with a fledgling opportunity that requires heavy investment and you have to balance the amount of the fixed amount of dollars that you have to decide, am I going to invest? Am I going to double down in my home market where it's more likelihood of success? Or am I going to take that same money and put a bigger bet, a risk on a new market? And anybody who's looking at it financially is going to say, well, the smart money is just to stay home. Yeah. You know? Um, and, 
And so I think we were constantly facing that challenge because we were having great success with business at home, fortunately, but that was crowding out our investment dollars to, we could hire people here locally or we could have to open an office and try to hire people there. And, um, and I think it's something we just, it was another growth thing that we just didn't, um, I don't think we tackled as well as we probably could have. Yeah. How about acquisitions? How do we do there? And I had, a, I even tried to, I've tried to do it here at Compass Red and wasn't able to do it. Yeah. It's, um, the culture, when I wrote down with acquisitions, uh, as we were talking about this was the, the culture is, um, you've got to find a match in those people. Um, and I think that we were able to do an acquisition and it was really just, um, they wanted to exit the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were able to get a press release out of it. Yeah. And which uh, helped, I mean, and honestly, that was a big help yeah. to us internally and then externally as well. Yeah. And that's what I, I wrote down here about, um, the, the positive aspect of, of something simple like that. So it was a company that was looking to exit the business. Um, they were, um, so we were somebody that was looking to grow in our market and they had some clients that they wanted to offload to us. So we did a, a press release and said we were acquiring them and, uh, taking over their clients. And, um, it, it was able to get some press and get some publicity so that people would say, oh, this company's You're growing. Thing. Yeah. It's yeah. on the move. It's legit. Yeah. It's hot. You know, it's, it's the thing. And then that press release gets in the paper. You know, if you do something with it, gets in the, the time, the business paper, uh, the local business paper, and, and you start to make some mileage out of that. And you're, and now all of a sudden people are taking meetings because they heard about you and you're no longer this five, six person shop. You're this company that's acquiring other companies. Yeah. It, 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 we had gone through a, trying to acquire a company, um, up in Philadelphia, I have a person we know really well, a great business. And, um, Love him. yeah. And, uh, but we just couldn't get it to work. And I, I don't know why if, if it was because, um, we were both passionate about our own businesses, that could be it. Or, um, financially just couldn't make it work. It's a really complicated structure. Um, if you are trying to acquire someone of most your size, um, yeah, it was, it was, hard. it was equals, yeah. um, very close to equals. And I think that um, I, yeah, I, I think that was one where, um, I love him and I love, I continue to love the, the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that, um, our company was in a position to not accept him as an equal. Yeah. And I think that that, that made it tough. Um, and that, that was a, that was a difficult conversation to have. And we said, we're not going to go forward, even though we'd been dating for a while, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I think it was one of those where we kind of felt like, the, like I'm not sure there was a, an absolute business need to do it. It wasn't like there was a puzzle piece that we were missing that he was. It was just that we kind of liked each other and we thought there was opportunities to expand into that market that we've not been able to. And, um, but it wasn't like if that goes away, we're sunk. We don't know how to solve these problems. Right. It was something that we as a team could keep going on our own path and, and solve those problems because we were pretty similar in terms of businesses. Yeah. Yeah, and I, we never really had the chance. If I can, you might remember if we did, but um, if we were adding on another service or something like that to acquire that way, we never got faced with that. But that, that is another um, option, I guess. Yeah, the one thing I would say is um, when online advertising became a thing, it was something that we uh, we did hire for. We hired some people for it, and we tried to grow it. Like we did a mix of. Oh yeah. Leveling up some people internally to get smart on it. Cause it was becoming a big thing, but also, um, for us to be able to have a dedicated group like that, you know, we had to hire some people 
uh, to add that segment. And I do think that that was something that um, was good because uh, by us having people that are in our business, that already know how we work, that know the Archer way, can um, make sure that this is done along that along those same lines. Yeah. Do you, so how are you thinking about it now, growth-wise, with, with grain? Um, yeah, so... Um, after selling Archer, uh, I started a restaurant with another business partner, um, and uh, we started in 2015. And um, and so we've we've had an, a desire to grow as well, and that was to support our management structure, um, and so that Jim and I aren't having to work in the restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. And we knew that was a short term. You fired thing. yourself. <laughs> we tried. Yeah, <laughs> which is something you were always big on. Yeah, you, know, you were yeah. always like, you know, you can't be doing the next job until until you know you've gotten yourself out of yeah. it. It's a- uh, it's just a good sounding quote. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, we've, we've acquired a couple ways, but usually it's, there's a, there's a spot that, um, that has failed for whatever reason. And then we're able to go in and, and try to apply our logic to fix it. And it's tough because you, you do that once or twice and you get some hubris thinking, well, I can solve anything. I can make any location work. I can, you know, I can fix any business problem out there. And what we're learning is that there are some business problems that, you know, you can't solve. Like sometimes you're just in the wrong market, you know, your product or that wasn't meant to be a restaurant. Like it's never going to be a restaurant. And so we're trying to get smarter about that stuff. Um, But again, getting back to the PR and the visibility sort of giving you credibility, uh, our latest opportunity came to us because we've been growing. The person that had it was looking to get out of that business, but it was a functioning business very well maintained, which usually businesses aren't when they come to the end of their life cycle. Um, and, and he approached us through somebody and said, we'd like you to you know, consider buying this business. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it was still a business deal, but we got, we got first crack at it because of our visibility in the marketplace as somebody who's growing. Yeah. It's perception. It, yeah. And, and it's, in your case, it's real, but it's, um, you know, it, that's why that PR, even if you're, Stagnant. You got to have that perception, at least that I've seen in, in our business of just like you're always growing. You're always telling that story internally too to the employees. Like they, they want to be excited about not just coming into the same thing every day. Yeah. That, that vision of like, hey, we can be bigger and we can be better and we're always going to be growing. Like who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Right. Because you're winning. Right. You know, and people like to be with winners. And I also think for employees, for growth is very important. Um, you remember Jane who came in as, you know, our receptionist or our, our admin basically just doing grunt work. And, um, she ended up being an account person towards the end. Yeah. And, and so that growth, um, you know, we couldn't have offered her that opportunity within the company if we weren't growing as well. Right. And so you take somebody like that who loves the brand, who's really representing the brand well, and you teach them the skills on how to do this stuff. And then they can grow with you and, and into these uh, new opportunities. And I think that um, that's a really strong aspect of growth in that if you're X number of employees and you want to do the same market, those employees are going to want to grow. And they're either going to grow in your company or external to your company. And if you're not growing, then the only option for them is to grow external to your company. Um, and there's exceptions to all that. But I do think as an employer, if you want to keep those star employees who know your brand and know how you want to operate, you need to find ways to continue to challenge them, to keep them hungry as well, to keep them excited about things. And do you think like there are employees out there that, um, you know, you start with, you, you had the great quote and you're absolutely right. Like not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. And I get this picture in my head, like, Oh, of 
course they do, but they don't, right? And so, um, uh, do you think that their employees would just like to be stagnant? Um, Absolutely. Like I'm, and, 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 which is not a bad thing at all. No. But I'm always asking, like, so where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in ten years? And that just drives me because then I, I can say, oh, I can help, I can help, whatever. Um, so do you think they're so just as their employees would do that? Do you think there are businesses that don't mind just being the stagnant or? Stagnant is such a negative term. I shouldn't even use that, but just where they are. I, I'm sure there are. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, a guy who runs a bait shack and, you know, he's, he's been selling bait for years and, and he's, he's, he's happy. Um, but I think that's a different, I mean, that's not, that's not for me. And, yeah. and a lifestyle I, company is what yeah, they call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and even, uh, like I look at some of those lifestyle businesses and, you know, they're always there and, and that's a good thing if you want to build a relationship with them and, you know, you see them like they're in a surf shop and whatever. And they're, you know, that's the example everybody uses with a lifestyle business. You just want to go up in a surf shop. And, you know, I always see this one guy there and he's working it all the time. And, um, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of options out of that. And, yeah. and so, yes, that that's an option for people. Um, but I just, you know, I, I don't think that's, that's not one I would recommend. Yeah. Put it that way. So another area for growth, um, services and products, adding on different things. I remember the mojito. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I remember um, we had looked at other things. And again, that one where we could have done Super Bowl ads or whatever. It might be whatever. <laughs> How do you think about that? Like, I love and, it. And you're, you're doing that like now today, like coffee shops, uh, coffee, um, beer, uh, all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, I think um, I, I definitely think that innovation, it, especially in the tech space, like just innovation is, is that's the standard. Like, um, you just, you have to be constantly innovating. And, uh, I remember the multi-touch, oh, that was so cool, the, yeah. the, the table that we made. And, um, that was cause one of the employees had an interest in that on the side and we found a way to try to monetize that. Um, I don't think we ever did, but we no. tried. <laughs> And it was a great, I mean, we monetized it in PR and for, and for stretching our skills and everything else like that. And yeah. it was the predecessor to the iPhone, by the way. This was a device that was a table that um, Dave, one of our employees, had uh, developed on his own. And yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, and the iPhone wasn't out, so it wasn't, you know, whatever. But uh, just seeing people work on these kind of things was growth in itself. Man. And I think... Um... I think it was really cool that uh, that we were able to tap into his passion and align it with our business. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, well, I'm not saying that's necessarily what you should be doing for business, but if you've got somebody that's passionate and something that you think makes business sense for yourself, you're going to have an extremely loyal person that's going to put in a ton of time, if only to prove him or herself right yeah. with that product. And it was a damn fine product. Yeah. And it was a little bit ahead of its time, I think. Um, and, and for those that don't know, um, when you use multi-touch, when you use multiple fingers on your iPhone to expand or, or move, you know, to just zoom in on something, that was a Delaware invention that Apple oh, yeah. purchased. And, and so oh, that's a uniquely Delaware. Delaware thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine adding more excitement to somebody's day when we give him a project that is his passion project and say, we want you to help us sell this to a client. Yeah. And I remember with the um, when we wanted to get into the iPhone stuff, and we said when they opened up their app store, we just made a decision that we've got to do an app. Yeah, you know, we felt like that was the future. And I always remember when we would do our annual company meetings that we would talk about 
how much business is coming from technologies that weren't even there when we started. Yeah. And the iPhone is one of those. It is like after five or six years. Yeah. 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 And you know, if you go back 20 years, five years doesn't seem like it might've transformed that much or, you know, but it really did. And, um, and I remember we just said, we're going to do it. We have to do it to be competitive. Yeah. And we actually had one of our clients pay for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and think we lost money on it, but you know, <laughs> we didn't lose all, all the money because they did pay for it. Apple appreciated it too. Yeah. Like they gave us some visibility around the holidays for, it might've just been our app icon was on the Christmas tree of their stores or something. But, but I think that's another way to grow is to find a client that wants to grow with you. Yeah. And I think we were really fortunate there that we had a client that believed in us that also said, this is something I want to try. And we were able to convince the client that we had enough skills and integrity in pursuing those skills that we could do this and we could make, make them look good and make them shine and we're not going to screw it up, but we, we could do that. Yeah. And I think that that, um, that was a, that's a, that's a great way to grow, but it only came as a result of us having a lot of client trust and us having a team that we felt confident in that could do it as well. Yeah. And that went from running during the day to going out with wives at night or, you know, um, there's so much that built into that. Um, so why do you think mojito didn't work? Well, and I should like, and I, all right. So just to describe it, what Mojito was, was basically, it was a screen that you would, you know, everyone sees them now, but you would hang up into a lobby and then the cloud would change all the content on there. So it seems like a no brainer right now, but at the time, 2000, what, seven, eight, it was, it might even be before, before that. that. Um, and we had a box that attached to the back and I was like, oh, we're getting into the product. We're going to get sued and, uh, and all that kind of thing. But it, 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 it fit into our core, into what we offering from digital side of things, but it was a product offering. It was, it was something that was t- different. And I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I, yeah. I think the way it started is something that I want to highlight for companies is that um, we were looking for growth. Like we weren't afraid to do this new opportunity. And it came about because we were doing something for Delaware park, which is a local casino. And, and I think we were, we were just doing animated ads on their screens. And then they wanted to have a continual score counter of a slot contest. And so that they, we could update who the winners are. And this was before the cloud. This was before, you know, all this sort of distributed technology and stuff. This was you know, us updating a text file that gets read by Flash and does a fancy animation with those numbers. Um, so we don't get any credit for being early in that. We, we get a lot of pain as a result of it. They, they approached us with something, with this sort of need, and they trusted us with the work that we were doing for them for probably a year or two before that. And so we said yes. And, and as a result of doing that, we said, hey, there's a need here. Like, this is something that could be pretty cool. Yeah, you were really good at seeing that. Well, I guess not good enough because we came <laughs> with it. But well, no, I think, uh, and then and then we took up to the Union League. Um, yeah, we yep. carted our big screen TV up. We <laughs> put carved it carved it right on their desk <laughs> on Patty's desk, who now runs the Union League. Hi, Patty. Uh, yeah, you put it on their desk and then scratched our entire like 17th century desk off. Um, but it worked, and so once you sell one thing twice. And I, we charged them dirt nothing, um, right. and then we were going to go up to Cornell and all that kind of stuff to do this. But there was, I just, I don't remember the day, but I remember the decision of like, hey, are we going to invest in this? And is this a separate company or is this, and is this our way to growing? 
And I remember you saying, are we a product company or are we a services business? Yeah. And you, know, you from a legal background were like, there's a whole lot of liability associated with having a product out there. Yeah. And I think we also had a client that was a lawyer. Yeah. And it was in their lobby, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> we were... <laughs> but, and we I were probably overdid the legal stuff. Like looking back now, I'm like, how oh, we would have figured that out now, whatever. No, but, but still, it's an honest... Like that was a decision of growth that we elected not to make. And I think that those are... The things you don't do are as important as what you do. Yeah. And so us deciding not to be a product company because we felt like we couldn't be as good at it as we needed to be to support the level of service that we're doing with our with our services business. Mm-hmm. Um, but there really wasn't a technology out there. There wasn't a good digital display technology out there that was um, accessible to a designer, I guess is the way to say it. And so... Um, it was one of those that we said, you know, thank you, but we're not going to continue doing this. Yeah. Um, we had a lot, a lot of mojito boxes <laughs> that we had purchased. <laughs> but it, just to underline what you said, I think, can I be good at this? Can I be really good at this? And is this going to take me off focus? Because focus is the biggest thing, too. Like, that's an important piece. I remember piece. you yelling it all the time. Uh, focus! <laughs> focus! Uh, yeah. And then you wanted to start a bar. <laughs> But it was a good idea. And it was a it was damn a, good idea. I think it was yeah. a precursor to where I am now. So clearly I wanted to do it for other reasons. <laughs> yeah. But that was, um, you know, I think all those opportunities were like, how well do we know our client? And can we find a way to grow with them? Can we find a way to meet their needs? Yeah. And so I think some of the things that um, we added or did was because we had really strong relationships with our clients that weren't just saying this is a market need, but this is an exact client need that, like there's there's an opportunity for us to invoice for this. There's an opportunity for us to get paid somewhat for this, to make them look good and also make us look good. Yeah. So it definitely, um, I I definitely enjoy that we tried those things, you know. And I and I, again, I think everybody got excited about it. And and it's hard to say what learnings came out of those things that were just accidental learnings that we then apply to the rest of our business, if only to not do more products. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So. Um, yeah. But that, I think that when you're looking at growth, um, again, you get defined by what you do the worst, not by what you do the best. And so if you're going to do it, how can you quickly get good at it, as good at it as you are with your other offering? So, you know, if I'm a restaurant and I move into another line of business and I'm offering shitty coffee, now all of a sudden grain coffee or whatever sounds like it, you know, the whole grain brand is bad. You know, yeah. people don't distinguish between those things. They don't say it's a great car, but it's a crappy, whatever, you know, experience. Um, you know, they just say it's a crappy company. And I think that, um, I think that when you're looking to grow, it's important that you have a plan for how do you be really good at it or as good at it as you are, as your other stuff. Yeah. And, so, and I think getting, going back to the very beginning when we talked about like going to the whiteboard, um, that was an exercise that just fluked with you. Like it was a fluke. Like when you and I were sat down and I remember being over at the IMP building and we, we did this for the first time and, and I can't tell you how, like, you know, it, it just clarifies everything, even though it might be completely wrong. Just the exercise. Well, I think just, yeah. um, especially in a business where you have partners getting a shared vision, like. I know there's things that Jim just lets me do because it's easier to let me do it than it is to fight me. <laughs> you know, it's not going to take down the business and it, it yeah. keeps me out of his I know hair. exactly how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> but I think things that we agree on. So like you and I on that whiteboard mapping those things out and saying, how are we going to solve this? Or how do we do that? Like we came away with that shared vision and, and 
I think to me it was so important because um, we continue to look at that. We continue to we don't have to continue to redraw that map. We may have to update it based on market changes or based on what we're facing, but you and I are in agreement on that blueprint. And I think that having that kind of session of just sitting down and saying, how do we solve this problem in the future? How do we be competitive? How do we grow? How do we get to X? Um, now we don't have to solve that every time. And, and so when we see an opportunity that fits into that, it looks, it looks much brighter than one that doesn't. Right. And so we can move faster on it. We don't have to sit around and decide whether we're going to do it or not. We just say that fits. Let's go. Yeah. I love so. it. And maybe even having the picture of like, um, your competitors, you know, one question I wrote in the beginning here, I was like, that I never asked, but what's your source of your motivation and seeing other companies, even from the perception of how they're growing or, um, expanding or doing incredible different things. That's the kind of stuff that gets me, um, gets me up in the morning and say, all right, I can do the same thing. Yeah. It, it, even to this day, it motivates me when I, like, there's a, there's a business out in the Midwest, um, it's like a six store pizza chain. They've been around for like 20 years or whatever, but they're trying to go public, I think, or trying to friend, I think they're trying to go public and they're a pizza chain and they say they have a patented way to make pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at them and I'm like, you're six stores. We're about to be six stores. And you're saying you've got some patented way to make pizza. <laughs> <laughs> How and, the hell do you patent yeah. a pizza process? <laughs> and. And he's got all of these, like, and he's getting all these headlines. And that, it may be me from a marketing perspective, that's what's driving me is, why was that worthy of a headline when I'm doing 10 times better work or I'm doing equally as better work, you know, as good work? Why am I not getting that similar attention or headline? And I remember that with us, with some of our work that we would do. Thankfully, we had a client that was very visible, Wawa, that allowed us to be visible in a lot of things. But we would see other work be done. We're like, oh, we did so much better than that for XYZ Bank, but we're yeah. not allowed to share it. Yeah. That's why PR, I tell you, it's like the key thing. Like, even if you're not growing, there's a story that you're doing something different the next day that can be told. Yeah. And I think that that's probably a whole other topic. <laughs> I know. PR. But um, I definitely, I think that um, that is important on what you do with that growth. So how does every win translate into something big? And I remember when we would we would have uh, we would try to do press releases for every client. We would try to have clients come in and sign the work that they did, and we'd put it on the wall to make them heroes, just so they would celebrate our growth with us. And they would be now all of a sudden they're invested in our growth. And yeah, I think that's um, I think that was key, at least the way we approached things. So, if you had any closing thoughts on growth, if you've got somebody that you're talking to that is in a spot, you know, they're five, six employees or ten employees. And uh, they're considering to take that leap. Like, what would you tell them? What should their thought process be? What should they be keeping in their mind always as they're going? Oh, through? man, you had, to, you had to throw a hard question out at me. <laughs> I, I, I am the biggest uh, proponent of vision. And so, um, you know, if you can see it, you can achieve it. And then you can start to tell your employees, this is where we're going. Uh, the whole story of you picking up that kid at the soccer goal and saying, like, <laughs> there's the goal we're going to it and you carrying them down the field right. has always stuck with me flowers yeah but so because uh, another thing along these lines that was going through my head was like if you're really a great cook and you just love to cook and you love to create new meals and stuff like that but you're not like doing the the business side of it i don't know if you can outsource that vision to say hey we're going to grow to six different restaurants so 
I, I just think it goes back to that whole vision. Like you, you look for, just like you said, the company in Colorado, or you're reading about the person that expanded. And maybe that's not your expansion plans. Maybe it's, I want to add catering and coffee and everything else like that. Um, but getting that picture so clear in your head that you wake up every morning and saying like, that's where I'm going. That's the goal we're going to. And just picking up the screaming kids in the back and just taking them there. How about you? Just to, to close the loop on that, yeah. what I will say is I felt like, I always feel like it was very important for me to share our growth desires with people. Like we would love to do this. We were looking to do this. We, we want to add this someday. We're looking to have this as a client because I felt like if people knew that, they might help us. And I know some people, they want to be top secret about what product they want to move into next or they're expanding into a market. But I would have loved if we bumped into somebody that and we shared, we had that growth vision and we shared it publicly. We shared it every time we talked to somebody and they said, what are you working on next? If we said we wanted to move to, we want to set up a shop in New Orleans. And all of a sudden they said, well, I've got a brother that yeah. runs a whatever, you know, yeah. a casino and, and is looking for help. And, um, you know, those are sorts of things that um, they're not going to happen unless you share that vision, that growth vision with yeah. you. Um, I think one of the things that, that I've had to get comfortable with is your next, like that next step, if it's not going to kill you, like, like, like think about the worst thing that could happen if you fail at that. It's probably not that bad. Like maybe it's a couple of years that you have to suck it up and you're not making as much as you would like, or you might have to lay off a couple of people or close an office or something because you missed on a product or something. But the experiences that you would have learned in the negative, in the failing of that will help you probably more than if you accidentally succeeded at it. And so I think when you look at these opportunities for growth and you say, oh my God, you know, if I fail, it's over. But I think if you start to look at it, failing doesn't necessarily mean it's over. It just might mean that you take a step back or you reshuffle or you learn something and you move on to the next thing. To not take that risk because you might fail, I think is worse than not taking a risk at all. Like, you know. Yeah. So are you trying to send Jim a message here? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I really want to do this thing. I Let know me you open don't want my to brewery, it. damn it. <laughs> We might fail. It might take a couple of years. You might you might not have a house after this, but yes, there's a lot of legalese put in to protect the person giving you the money to make sure they can get it back. But I think if your intent is true and genuine and you are trying like hell to make it work, the experiences you're going to get out of it, success or failure, are going to help you dramatically in what your next step will be. And you might meet some people along the way. You might pick up some technology, some knowledge. You might learn to never touch that third rail again. But you never would have learned that if you didn't if you didn't screw up. Yeah. And oh. so I think that growth is, again, it's essential to the long-term success of your business. Yeah. Hell, we started these podcasts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're going to keep trying them until we get them right. That's right. Damn right we are. I think it might be a good place to end. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got like six n other ones for next, uh, next ones we do. So, um, awesome. Stay tuned. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>